Good. Well, it's great to be with you and welcome to those online as well. Uh, tune in. We love having you join us and I love hearing how you're going, any prayer points, um, any responses and how you've been encouraged to it. So it's great to have you with us as well. As we continue in this series in James, if you're new, uh, welcome. Firstly, we just love that you're here. We'd love to get to know you after the service. But as a church, we've been in a series in James. And I don't know about you, have you enjoyed the series in James? It has been incredible. Um, So much practical wisdom for us. It's challenging, yes, but so much practical wisdom for us in how we live our lives. And last week, um, Pastor Peter spoke about the power of the tongue. Incredible, isn't it? Uh, Just a small part of our body, but one that has such influence and power. And there it was um, shared how it's important to tame the tongue. And the context of that was um, others who wanted to teach in the church. You might remember it said uh, not many should be uh, looking to be teachers um, because they're judged more strictly. But we need to look to to tame the tongue, um, to have it under control. And in this same context... Uh, James continues on, but he begins to speak of wisdom because, you know, what comes out of the mouth is coming from the heart and it's important that heart is being guided by godly wisdom. So he begins to speak about wisdom. And wisdom is not something we usually talk a lot about, is it? Or we don't often look at someone um, and just say, oh, they're, they're wise. Probably more likely we look at people and think, oh, they've got incredible knowledge or they're incredibly intelligent or bright, but we don't often think, oh, that person's really wise. Um, I don't think wisdom is something that, I wonder if I have ever thought to myself, um, I'm gonna just dedicate this year to become wise. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not something that we aspire to. I wanna be really wise. It's just, I feel that wisdom is underrated. As I prepare this sermon, I I, I feel that it's underrated. Because what wisdom is, is, it's not knowledge and it's not intelligence. What wisdom is, is bringing knowledge and truth and the ability to process that and then respond to the circumstances around us, the decisions that need to be made, using that to make good decisions and to live our lives well. That's the difference between wisdom and just knowledge. A little bit like uh, James says, faith without deeds, if you've got faith, it's gonna work itself out in knowledge, in, in, um, in deeds. Similarly, if you know truth, it's gonna work itself out in your life through wisdom. And it might be hard to define wisdom, but often we can see it. And James is saying, if you wanna, you wanna know what wisdom's about, you'll see it in someone's life. You'll see it in their good deeds. And we might downplay wisdom in our culture, but I tell you, the Bible does not downplay wisdom. In the Bible, in the Scriptures, wisdom is upheld. Let me just read a a few Proverbs. Um, Proverbs 4, 7 to 9 says this. I love this, actually. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. <laughs> Do you like that? Like, if you want to be wise, the first thing is get wisdom because you need wisdom. It's, it's at the, it's at the um, top of the list. He goes on to say, though it cost all you have, get understanding. Cherish her and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honour you. She will give you a garland of grace 
to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown. This is wisdom. This is what wisdom will do. Proverbs 8, 10 to 11. Choose my instruction instead of silver. Knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies and nothing you desire can compare with her. You like that? Don't seek after silver and gold or rubies. Something that is far more valuable than these things is wisdom. I've been missing it all my life. As I said, I've never aspired. I wanna be wise. That's what we need to do. Aspire to be, to be wise. Proverbs 24, 13 to 14. Eat honey, my son, for it is good. Honey from the comb is sweet to your taste. Know also that wisdom is like honey for you. If you find it, there is a future hope for you and your hope will not be cut off. Eternal hope. Wisdom is like honey for your soul. Wisdom is like honey for your soul. Why is it so valuable? Well, the reality is that we make thousands of decisions Maybe each day. I actually read this week that, that you make 32,000 decisions every day. I don't know how that works mathematically, but we make lots and lots and lots of decisions. We make decisions about how we spend time. We make decisions about our relationships. We make decisions about our family. We make decisions about our finances. We make decisions about our careers. We are always making decisions. And the beauty of wisdom is it comes and it guides and directs those decisions. And what it's saying it is the most valuable thing because the blessing flows out of that through those decisions into your life. And as you see, the, the fruit from it, as we see in this passage, is peace. It's like gold, it's like honey. It's, it's beautiful for our life. And so as James continues to share here, about wisdom, we'll read the passage in a moment. What you'll see is he is comparing two types of wisdom, responding to these teachers that wanna put themselves forward to say, oh, I wanna teach and I wanna have influence. He says, well, actually, there's two, two type of wis types of wisdom. Who is wise among you, he says. And then you'll see throughout this passage like two streams of wisdom and what the, the product of that wisdom is. Let me see if you can um, see as we read this passage. James says, who is wise and understanding among you? Well, let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbour bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom, in inverted commas, does not come from heaven, but it's earthly, it's unspiritual, it's demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Do you see the two end products of these streams of wisdom? One says disorder and every evil practice. One, peace and a harvest of righteousness. Who wants to be wise here this morning? I, I wanna live a wise life. I wanna invest my life well. 
In April 2014 in America, there was a town called Flint and uh, it was in dire financial, uh, dire financial situation. And they brought in emergency management over this, this city. And uh, as a cost-cutting measure, the uh, manager over the city decided to make a strategic decision to change where they would get the water source for this city. Um, traditionally, or beforehand, they were getting it from Lake Huron, which was uh, sort of pumping it or moving it from Detroit into the city of Flint. But they made the strategic uh, decision to take water now from the Flint River, which was closer by and would save them a lot of money. Now, this had drastic consequences for the people of Flint. The highly polluted and corrosive water of the Flint River wasn't treated properly, and people began to suffer of waterborne diseases and the corrosive nature of the water worked upon the lead piping throughout the city and there was a, a public health state of emergency across the city. Children were having high levels of blood in their systems. Skin rashes, hair loss, itchy skin, um, over 100,000 people were impacted by this decision to change the source of the water. And in this passage, what James is saying to us is where you get your wisdom from makes all the difference. If you are getting wisdom from the wrong source, it is gonna have effects in your life. He's saying beware. Make sure the source of your wisdom is the right one. And so the first point I wanna make here this morning is true wisdom, godly wisdom, the wisdom that we want in our lives comes from God above. In verse 70 it says, wisdom comes from above. Contrasted to or compared to in 15, he says, such wisdom does not come from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and even demonic. He's saying, when you look to be wise, when you look to make your decisions, where you're looking for wisdom, don't look at an earthly source of wisdom that's just from the world, devoid of God, devoid from any spiritual influence or insight. It has no recognition of God. It is just pure wisdom, well, wisdom coming from self and humanity and living for the here and the now. Jesus also warns against this type of wisdom. When he shares this parable in Luke 12 about a rich fool, it starts off with this situation where Jesus is there in the crowds and this man comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, would you please tell my brother to share the inheritance. I tell you, if we need a place for wisdom, that's it, and sharing of inheritance, that's important. And he comes to Jesus and says, tell him to share. And Jesus, in answering him, shares this story of a farmer. The farmer is having bumper crops and he's got so much crops, so many crops that he doesn't have room to store them. So he decides to store his, his crops in bigger barns and makes more and more barns and then at the end of it he says, I'm gonna store it up so I can eat and be merry. Eat, drink and be merry. Life will be easy. That's his wisdom. The wisdom 
that's earthly, the wisdom that doesn't take into consideration God, wisdom that doesn't take into consideration eternity. He just makes a simple decision to live for the here and now. And Jesus said, God said to this man, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? A warning to this man in terms of his view of his possessions. This man just thought, these are my crops, my barns, my grain, my surplus. Can you see? It's, it's all about self. It's all earthly, no understanding of God. And while this is a specific story about our possessions and material wealth and how we, we use it, that same principle in all of our life, whether it be how we invest our time, how we do our relationships, how we um, work amongst people in our careers, should also be guided by a wisdom that is not just of this world, but takes into consideration God and his wisdom and takes into consideration people and eternity. The origin of true wisdom we read in here comes from above. True wisdom, let me encourage you here this morning. True wisdom is actually a gift. You don't have to muster it all up. This is the good part. If you wanna be wise, you don't have to necessarily be a smart or an intelligent person because God will give it to you. Actually, some of the wisest people are not necessarily the most, what the world would say most intelligent people because wisdom is a gift from God. It is given from above. In chapter one, we looked at this in verse five to eight. Here's an encouraging promise for you this morning. If any of you lacks wisdom, that's me, you should ask God who gives generously. Don't you like that? God gives wisdom, but he gives it generously. I love that little additional comment. He gives it generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Don't doubt God's character. God is for you and not against you. He wants to give you wisdom. It goes on to say, because that one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. As we come to God and ask for wisdom, we can trust him. He's gonna give it to us generously. We can humble ourselves and ask and know that he will give it. The one thing I'd say in just reflecting on this is just be careful, it might not look like what you think is wisdom or it might not look like the the world's wisdom. God's ways are, are different from our ways. And so as you ask for wisdom, listen carefully and recognize it may look different, but God will speak, God will guide. I love this doxology given in Romans 11, verse 33 to 36. This is the storehouse of the wisdom of God for you. Oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How much wisdom does God have? I tell you, amazing, isn't it? The riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Who's, who does he go to? He, he's the fountain of all wisdom. 
Who has ever given to God that God should repay them for? From him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. If we want wisdom today, the invitation is there. Come, ask for wisdom. God will give generously. Trust God in that and from that storehouse of eternal wisdom. He will speak into our lives. So what's the heart of true wisdom? That's the origin. The source is God himself. What's the heart of true wisdom? And here again, we see a contrast of two types of wisdom at the heart of them, two things very, very different. In verse 13 to 14, it says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good, de- good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbour bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. True wisdom, James is saying, at the heart and the core of true wisdom will be humility. The the earthly wisdom that, that James is really teaching against has at its heart envy, and selfish ambition. Self is right at the center of it. Envy being that, those desires within us to, to want what belongs to others or to have what others have. Selfish ambition is to motivate or elevate oneself and put others, one's interest above others, living for self instead of others. This, this is at the heart of earthly wisdom when it's all about self. Self is on the throne of that life. And it's sad to say, but it's true, that this is within all of us. Well, it's in, within me. Ever since Genesis 3, the fall of man, self has wanted to be on the throne. But James is saying, like, true wisdom is not going to come out of that heart. True wisdom comes from humility. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Time magazine, But each year, Time Magazine have um, Time Magazine's Person of the Year. And on the front cover, uh, they have this person's face and they're seen as one of the most influential people of the year. Maybe they made the most news of that year. Um, You'll see there Nelson Mandela. He he was the uh, Time Person of the Year in 1993. Um, 2008 was Obama. I think 2019, Greta uh, Thunberg, or however you pronounce it. Sorry, I'm not really um, familiar there. But do you know who was the Times Person of the Year in 2006? You might not know, and you can add this to the resume, but you, you, you were Times Person of the Year in 2006. Basically, they recognised that all of a sudden with the change of the internet, uh, the, the news and who is influencing and who is putting things out there be- was you, <laughs> I. All of a sudden, there was a platform for people to have recognition, a platform for people to have status, a, pa- uh, a platform for people to find significance. And it fed into this part within our hearts that was around self, that we could promote ourselves, we could put forward our ideas and thoughts. So just to add that to your resume, you have been people's time, times people of the year 
in 2006. But it shows like within our world, and we see it, don't we? We see it in wars, we see it in our daily relationships. There is this inbuilt part of us to want what's best for me, to do what's best for me, to protect, to a desire to be recognized or noticed in some way. Don't we all have that within us? I saw my life very clearly when I was reading this and I read a little article from a man called Jared Wilson as he described his day and his agenda for a day. Uh, it's, it's in the big things and it's in the little things of each day where we find ourselves on the throne. He writes, this week I'm having to drop my daughter off for a summer class in the morning. And this now has put me in the office two hours later than I usually arrive And this morning, as I was waiting for my coffee at Starbucks, rushing, 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 I could not believe how slow everyone was moving, as if they had no cares at all about my schedule. I find these same people in every line that I fall into, in the grocery store, checkouts, ATMs, service desks. I've also noticed that when I'm trying to relax, just to find a bit of rest, Everybody else around me is frantic and bothering me. They ask me to do things, they make requests, they interrupt my introversion, leave little piles of duty around my feet. I can only come to one of two conclusions about my frustrations over this inevitable fact of life. Either I am the centre of the universe and all of you don't know, or I am not the centre of the universe, and I'm upset that you all know that. (laughs) I wake up this way, he says, and I bet you do too. We wake up in a self-sovereignty mode, and then we get frustrated because we keep running into people who think they're also the centre of the universe, and it's frustrating, he says. What a splendid mercy even if a severe one then, when Jesus gives us a hard shove out of our makeshift thrones and all the little planets that we've set up to revolve around us fall down. Thump, 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 he says. Jesus, uh, sorry, James is saying the heart of false wisdom or earthly wisdom will come back to self. Self on the throne. But he says, true wisdom will be marked by humility. And sometimes in this passage translated meekness. In order to receive wisdom from above, we need to be humble. And I'm sure that as we humble ourselves to receive that wisdom, then we become more humble. I like this definition of humility. Humility is understanding ourselves properly in the light of who God is. So it's understanding that God is God, just pure and simple, God is God, and I am just human, weak and in need. So as we understand those two things and then we live out of that, that is what humility is. When we understand who God truly is, how do we ever boast? Because everything we have has been given from God. Our gifts, our talents, our intelligence, opportunities, freedoms, whatever it might be, it's all come from him. How could we ever boast? 
And we know that his thoughts are far above our thoughts, his ways. Why would I ever want to come up with my own wisdom rather than the God of the universe? His thoughts far above my thoughts, his ways far above my ways. The beginning of wisdom is to humble ourselves before him. I love the picture of humility we have in Philippians 2, in Jesus' life. Like don't, don't think humility is weak. Actually, humility is strong. Jesus had all authority in heaven and earth, but he chose even in that power and even in that strength to humble himself, to come and to serve others. That is humility. As I said, this word is sometimes translated meek. And meek, the defined is um, having a strength that is restrained. An ability to have power, but it's strength under submission. This is the life of the wise person. Not weak, but strength under submission. It's a little bit like a horse, but not like Peter's horse last week, if you heard that sermon. Peter's horse that just took off. It's maybe like this one, if we've got the picture there of an equestrian horse, um, powerful, strong, but it is working underneath its master. It's been broken in. It's, it's submitting to its master. It's willing to submit. It's willing to be led. That, that is the picture of humility. That is the picture of meekness. They might have strength, but that strength is underneath leadership. It's underneath a master. And, and James is saying, True wisdom will come when we humble ourselves underneath our master, when we come under and are willing to be led. As Christians, we we can be incredibly strong because the presence of God, the Holy Spirit is living within us. But it is not a power to say, well, God is with me. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Let's go do this. It's a strength that comes from surrendering and submitting to God and saying, God, here I am in this situation of parenting. What would you have me do? How can I be wise in this situation? God, I need you. You know, what, what, what do you want me to do with my money? What do you want me to do with my time? It's, can you see how it's, it's strong, it's secure, but it's working under the leadership of God. That is humility. And that is where wisdom comes, in that surrendered, humble place. And the third point I wanna make in this passage is the fruit of wisdom. And again, there's a contrast here you'll see in verses 16 to 18. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder, and every evil practice. If self stays on the throne, there's gonna be disorder. As human beings come into contact with each other, there's gonna be disorder, there's gonna be every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is is first of all pure, it's peace-loving, it's considerate, it's submissive, it's full of mercy and good fruit, it's impartial and it's sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. So here we have a picture of the humbled life, the surrendered life, one that is following the wisdom of God, 
leading to peace and a harvest of righteousness. Isn't this what we want? In our own lives, in our own relationships, wisdom can save us from so much hurt and so much damage in life. And he says there, um, even um, when he says the wisdom should be shown in the good life or the good deeds, that the word he uses there is actually similar to the word of calligraphy. Not just lots of good deeds, a beautiful and attractive life. Um, sometimes when I think, oh, who are the wise people that I know? And that's what I think. Their life is just attractive. There's something about them. There's a peace and there's a security. There's a wisdom about them. There's a gentleness. So let's have a look at the fruit of that wisdom in our lives. It's pure. This is not just um, sexual purity or anything like that. It's, it's just a purity from the heart, a purity of motives. It's peace-loving. The one who has wisdom is not looking to stir up trouble, but they bring peace. And it's more than just um, an absence of conflict. It's actually doing good to others, like proactively doing good to others to bring peace within relationships. The heart, the wisdom of God will bring a life that is considerate. In looking and reading commentators, many commentators say it's very hard to find an English word um, to fit this word considerate here. But Matthew Arnold calls it a, a sweet reasonableness. And it's the, the ability to extend to others the kind consideration that we would receive to others. Wisdom is, is kind in relationships. I like that, sweet reasonableness. It's submissive. Wisdom, godly wisdom will, will lead to a, a willingness to yield or to be submissive. Now I know, again, this is not weakness and there are things as Christians that we need to stand for. But we should not be stubborn people. We should not be unyielding people. I love what the commentator William Barclay says here. True wisdom is not rigid. You know, think of some iron rod, not rigid, but it's willing to listen, willing to listen, willing to understand. And then I like this, wisdom is skilled in knowing when to yield. So yes, there are times that you yield. Yes, there are times. But wisdom is being skilled at knowing when to yield. Reasonable, kind, and knowing when to yield. Wisdom is full of mercy. True wisdom doesn't judge others, but extends the same mercy and grace that has been extended to them. It has good fruits. It can be, the life of wisdom can be seen. It's impartial. There's no prejudice, no partiality, or no discrimination in wisdom. And it is sincere. It's authentic. It's real, there's no need to pretend or have masks. It's like what you see is what you get. Wise people are authentic people. And I don't know about you, but as I look at that list, yes, I aspire to it, but I mean I fall way short of it. And there is only one person who has lived out this wisdom and that is Jesus himself. He has produced the fruit of heavenly Wisdom. And actually, in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 30, we read that He is our wisdom. 
says it is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, our holiness and redemption. Jesus has come and in our broken state, he has saved us, he has rescued us, he has forgiven us, he has made us right with God. But he is also our wisdom. And as we walk with Jesus, as we submit to Jesus, as we follow Jesus, as we hear his voice, we will live the wise life. I'll finish with this quote from Jeff Stott. He says, The wise life is Jesus living through your life. Wisdom is a Christ-empowered life that lives for God. Wisdom is allowing the Spirit of Jesus, the words of Jesus, the power of Jesus, the presence of Jesus, the grace of Jesus to control and influence your life. When Jesus is the Lord of your life, then God's wisdom is in control of your life. With Jesus, there is all the wisdom you will ever need. And so, to live a life of wisdom, we surrender, we humble ourselves and ask God. And we can know, we don't need to doubt that He will give generously. And He has given generously in His Son, Jesus. There is no shortcuts without coming through Jesus. If we want to live the life of wisdom, it is in Jesus. A turning from our own way and saying, well, Jesus, it has to be your way. And as we come under the leadership of Jesus, the fruit of wisdom will come in our lives. But there's no way other than through the life of Jesus coming in us and changing us and us being led and filled with the life of Jesus that that would go out. And God will give it if we humble ourselves before Him, surrender and ask for Jesus to come and live through us. And that's what I want us to do this morning is just to humble ourselves wherever you're sitting. God is here. He hears our hearts cry. He hears our prayers. And I would love just to lead us in prayer. Just where you are there, you can just close your eyes. And I do encourage you, focus on God, just spending time with God. And I wanna pray some scriptures over you some scriptures that Paul prayed over the early church. And I wanna also give you an opportunity to pray and ask for wisdom in areas of your life too. Paul prays in Ephesians, he says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, God, I pray it here too, may give each one here in this auditorium those listening online, give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. If you ask for that, just hold out your hands, maybe just in a humble heart, say, God, I pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in my life. 
He prays that so you may know God better. In Colossians, Paul prays, and I pray the prayer of Paul, God, that you would fill each one here this morning with the knowledge of your will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that each one may live a life worthy of the Lord and please you, God, in every way. That each one here may bear much fruit, every good work growing in their knowledge of God, we pray. Isaiah 55, eight to nine says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. That's what he says here this morning. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. And maybe this morning, it's just a a matter of recognising that to God. God, your ways are far better. Your ways are far above. Just surrender your life, your thoughts, the direction of your life, the thinking of your life, saying, God, your way is always gonna be the better way. If there's any ways that you need to turn from, any ways that you wanna bring in line with God, then you just pray now. Say, God, your way is always the best way. Far above my way, God. In John 10, 27, it says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Pray that God would help you to hear his voice. Lord, I pray that now. God, we wanna be, we need to be people who hear your voice, who know your voice. And just like sheep follow the shepherd, Lord, help us to follow your wisdom in our lives, I pray. And there, the promise in James. If any of you lacks wisdom, maybe some of you have got some big decisions. Maybe some, just as particular areas of your life where you need wisdom. Well, here's a promise for you this morning. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. So therefore, wherever you are now, just ask God, God, I need your wisdom. I need it now. And as you ask him, just know that He will give generously. You can trust Him. You don't need to doubt. So God, I pray for each one here in all of our lives, all the different facets of our life, Lord, we wanna be people of wisdom, people of humility. And Lord, I just challenged about that, Lord. Um, You say, seek wisdom before silver or gold. It's like honey. Lord, help us to increase the value of wisdom in our life, to not do life ourselves, not do life according to our own thinking, but to have godly wisdom. Help us to be people that, that humble ourselves and desire your way above any other way, we pray. And Lord, as it promises, there's gonna be blessing from that, blessing in our relationships, peace, unity, Lord, we pray. And so, Lord, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you that it's so practical. Thank you that you're great at working with weak people like me. Lord, you just keep calling us to yourself. It's not about us. It's about you and who you are. Keep leading us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.
We're just going to continue to worship this morning. It's a song that speaks about having God's vision, coming to Him, not being overwhelmed in the situations of life, but trusting Him and looking to Him. Why don't we stand and worship together this morning?
deserves all the praise and the glory this morning. Oh Lord, thank You. This is truth, Lord, that You reign this morning, that You're overall, that we can trust You completely, that nothing is impossible for You, Lord. And I realise this morning, Lord, this is just a word from You for so many here this morning in season, Lord, not to fear, but to trust You, not to doubt as we ask, Lord, but to know You're gonna give wisdom in all the different situations and circumstances, Lord, whether they be in family relationships or work situations or whatever it might be, Lord, we can trust You, great God. You're gonna give us wisdom if we'll humble ourselves before You, great God. And I pray that again for us as Your church too, Lord. So we look to You, Jesus, the Head of our church. Give us wisdom, Lord. May we be humble. May we be full of Your love. May we be known for Your peace to reign here in this place, Lord. We do ask. And so, Lord, we pray these things now. In your precious and holy name, everyone said, Amen. Please be seated. So good to have you sharing with us this morning. Our Connections Lounge is open up the back. If you'd like prayer, you have a specific situation, our prayer team will be down the front. They'd love to pray for you as well. And do stay for tea and coffee in the courtyard also. God bless.